Welcome to the talking heart, always connected though miles apart. Like the lotus flower grows from the mud, transforming pain into power, we rise above. I was a sensitive child. I could feel and see the emotions of everyone around me. There was darkness looming behind the smoke-filled air. Shades of grief and loss weighed heavily on our family in our tiny two-bedroom apartment. My grandmother was the breadwinner, the faithful one, the strong woman in our family. She was the matriarch. She held it all together by the grace of God and her deep connection to him. She was the protector. But when she was at work, all hell broke loose. Our apartment turned into a jungle of predator and prey. I had to be on guard. The adults roaming around were big, scary monsters. And being so young, I did not have the capacity to know that they were suffering from extreme PTSD, mental illness, addiction, ancestral pain, and trauma. I knew how small and helpless I was especially compared to these giant, angry beasts hovering over me. I was extremely careful not to upset them. Their fiery wrath terrified me. I learned to be quiet, well-behaved, and unnoticed to avoid their wrath directed upon me. I felt invisible, but my invisibility became my strength, and my ability to sense when moods were changing kept me aware, on guard, and safe. These gifts were my survival. There would be times when all was calm, when we would be in a state of some sort of normality. Then someone would say something to trigger the other, and then that's when the monsters came out. Uh Uh-oh, I thought, the eruption is brewing. I can feel it. I would see their faces change from relaxed, then crinkled with rage. Loud big mouths, harshly screaming vile words, and then the fighting for hours. The slamming of the doors, the throwing things, permeating the already heavily toxic environment in which we had to live, with even more darkness and negativity. The discomfort I would feel in my body made me shake, my heart beating fast, It was hard to breathe. I would begin to panic. This was the family I was born into. This is where I live. I wanted to run. I wanted to run with every bit of myself, but where could I go? If I ran away, surely they'd catch me and punish me. So I dare not take that chance. I needed to find a place to hide, to shelter away from this war zone. I had two hiding places that became my escape. Sometimes I would run into my grandmother's bedroom and hide under the bed. The adults being so tangled up in their pain and controlled by their unchecked emotions spewing all over the place. They didn't even notice that I was missing. They didn't even notice what they were doing. As I lay under the bed, I felt so all alone. I would cry for hours. Noticing the sparkles in my tears, I would contemplate not being there. I would think about my funeral as if I was hovering above, watching my family below, watching for reactions, and listening in on conversations, wondering if I would be missed or if they would even care. It was through my escapism I built a vast inner world of imagination with no limitations. I dove headfirst into the magic of being a child. I had no fears of diving in. It was better than the world that I had to live in. 
Sometimes when hiding under my grandmother's bed, my body tight and rigid from fear, I would close my eyes and turn into a rock. I actually felt like a rock, cold and hard, compacted. I couldn't move. I felt paralyzed and frozen. Then shortly after this phase, I would start to dream. Then I would awake in my dreams. I would fly around my city and above the apartment in which we lived, hopping and flying from building to building. I could move freely in my dream, and this freedom was exactly what I needed. Eventually, I trained myself to tune out everything that was going on around me, the screaming, yelling, and violent behaviors. I moved it all to the foreground. I put myself at the center. It became my new superpower. Other times, I would hide behind my grandmother's chair, which she draped a sheet over, to preserve the chair from the stench of cigarette smoke. I would go into my grandmother's bedroom and pull out a pink nighty, drape it around my head like long hair. This made me feel like a queen, regal and strong. I would pull back the sheet and climb behind the recliner. I would sit up straight and cross my legs in a meditative position. I would close my eyes and fly to my imaginary queendom of big glowing castles made out of pink and purple crystals. My special place would fill me up with love and joy. I felt peaceful and content. When I opened my eyes, I felt grounded and strong strong enough to endure the chaos. Usually by this time, my grandmother would come home from work. When she arrived, I was so relieved. I would run to her for a big warm hug. I knew it was safe. I could come out of hiding and I could let my guard down. She was my angel, my everything, but she had a lot of people to care for and was often whisked away by the family drama trying to keep the peace and keep me safe in her little home. I would soak in the times I had alone with her. She was always present. She was really there. I felt seen by her. I was no longer invisible. I trusted in her because she never turned into a monster like the other adults. She loved me dearly and took excellent care of me. She made sure that I got my bath, and she would buff my nose with a towel and we both look in the mirror and she would lightly tap my nose and say, look at you so beautiful clean and shiny like a brand new penny. We would both smile as we looked at our reflection together. I loved the person I was through her eyes. She would hold my face and look deeply into my eyes with adoration and ask me how I got so wise. She thought I was the smartest, funniest, best dancer, the most magical, and the truest girl on earth. She used to call me the light of her life. She was my angel and my beacon of light in the dark. I thank God for her every day, and I'm eternally grateful for the blessing of having her as my grandmother. I would have never made it out of that darkness without her angelic presence in my life, showing me that love and goodness exist. I had a tape recorder, and I'd pretend I was a radio broadcaster, a news reporter, a weather reporter, a DJ, and she would lay down with me on the floor and we would record together, we would sing together, we'd play different roles. These moments are some of the best memories which I hold near and dear in my heart to this day. I also look forward to going to school. It was another escape. It was calm, normal, and safe. I could learn new things, and I love learning. I would win spelling bees and get straight A's. I would enter and win dance contests. I had my own little world separate from the pain I had to endure at home. 
During my lunch, I volunteered my time at the special ed class. I was not invisible there. In fact, when I walked in, every face in that room would light up with big smiles and pure joy and excitement to see me. The kids would tell me how much they loved me, but I loved them more. Although I was volunteering to help these kids, I was the one being healed by the love in that room and the big hearts these children held. I felt like I belonged there. This brought compassion and peace to my heart. In life, in every life, there's a mixture of good and bad. Growing up after being so scared by so many people, I'm an advocate for kindness and have done my best to remain gentle. It has been no easy task with the trauma of my childhood and the baggage I carried. I found that I also caught some of that anger and rage. It was all that I knew. And as a teenager, I would definitely act out. And I went through periods of rage and throwing things and acting crazy and psycho. And then even through adulthood, there were times when I caught myself going to that place again, the place of anger and rage. And sometimes I would scare people as a means of control. But I recognized that and I stopped doing it. A large part of me was very angry over what I had to endure. I had to do a lot of internal work to keep my anger at bay. I spent countless hours reflecting and writing. I started writing at 11 to try to heal myself. I had to learn to forgive these monsters that were my family to keep my own emotions in check. I forgave them through understanding that they were all in immense pain and they were suffering deeply. To this day, I'm extremely triggered by violent men whose emotions are out of control, who abuse, dominate, and scare women and children. I feel the same way about women who are cruel, manipulative, vile, and mean. I also had my share of these types as well, and perhaps, who knows, maybe one of them's listening. I am grown now, and I am no longer trapped in dysfunctional homes with angry monsters I can't escape. Thank you, God. I have the power to choose to stay away from adult monsters, which our world has plenty of. But there are some gentle men and gentle women out there, and for them, I'm so appreciative. I want my home to be safe. I want my children to be safe, and I want anyone in my presence to feel safe. It takes true strength to be gentle. And even though we grow older, we all have a little boy or little girl that still lives inside us. My little girl still lives inside of me, and I will fiercely protect her or any other child from adult monsters to preserve that innocence and heart that brings hope and light into this dark world. It takes awareness to be gentle and kind. It takes self-reflection and self-responsibility to master the darker parts of ourselves and our emotions. It takes strength to refrain from projecting and spewing our pain onto the world, hurting others because we are hurt. So for all those gentle and kind ones out there, you are truly the strongest and the most powerful and you have the most strength because you're gentle and kind and I commend you. And for all those adult monsters still living out there, I say leave the kids alone. (laughs) 